I'm excited about uh, sharing the message that I have for today. We're in the book of Hebrews and uh, entitled this series of messages, Better, and this is uh, message number 722 in this series. No, it's not, but it's, uh, we're moving along. And uh, today we're, we're kind of parked for these last couple of weeks and will be for the next couple of weeks uh, in a particular passage. But today I want to talk about this idea that all in wins. All in wins. And so uh, I want you to look with me, Hebrews chapter 6, and uh, let's read a couple of verses together and kind of dive in. The Bible says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of, um, of Christ, let's go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works or of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms. And I actually used the King James Version just to shake it up a little bit uh, today. Uh, because I like that translation from the original language. The instruction of washings is what New American Standard has, but I like this idea, and that's what I want to talk about today, the doctrine of baptisms, and of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, of eternal judgment. This we will do if God permits. So the idea, the big overriding idea of this passage for us is that uh, these are foundations that are present for every new level. We don't outgrow foundations, we just reapply them to new levels. So we've been talking about the idea of repenting from dead works and moving into good works. And we've been talking about changing the currency of trying to trusting, and that's faith toward God. And you keep laying that foundation in whatever season you're in. Whether you are in a good season or a tough season, uh, how many of you know you always need to have current faith toward God, current trust in the Lord? And so today, I want to talk about such an exciting concept, the doctrine of baptisms. But I think I can help us. Uh, I probably should, if I was really smart, I would have taught this last week so we'd have more people getting baptized today. But, uh, but, I, but I, I, there are four different baptisms that are mentioned in the New Testament. Uh, and they are water baptism, which is what uh, these guys experienced today and we cheered them on. There'll be some more in the next service. Then there's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Then there's the baptism of fire. And then there is being baptized into the body of Christ. And this is the teaching of baptisms that uh, the New Testament gives us, and these are the foundations that we lay. Now, the word baptism is literally a transposed word from the Greek word baptismos. So you don't normally get a word that's transposed. Normally, it's translated uh, into something, but the word literally means immersion. Everybody say immersion. Immersion, it, mean, it means that you have gone completely in. Uh, that's what baptism is all about. So the big idea that I want to communicate today is this. Life works when we go 
all in, when, when we go total immersion into whatever we're doing. Your greatest life doesn't require more than you have. You have everything that you need by, because of what Jesus has done for you, because of the grace that he's put on you. You have everything you need to fulfill God's purpose and God's plan for your life. You don't need more. You need to know what you have. But your greatest life doesn't require more than you have, but it does require the best that you have. And the idea is this. Whatever you do, go all in. All in wins. Colossians 3 verse 23 says this, whatever you do, do your work heartily. Do your work with your whole heart as for the Lord rather than for men. So whatever you do, whether you, you do it with your whole heart. So when you're at work, you work with your whole heart. Not half-hearted, but fully engaged. If when you are having fun, then have fun with your whole heart. Don't feel guilty for enjoying life. Now, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you sin, but I am suggesting that if you, whatever you do, do it with all your heart and lean into it. When we worship, I would suggest that the best life is the life that worships wholeheartedly. Right? Leaning into this thing with all that I got. You may not be able to sing well. That's all right. That's why we, that's why we make it so loud so we won't hear you. We love you, but we don't want to hear you, and you don't want to hear you. But you can still sing out with all your might. You can still lift those holy hands to heaven. You can still lean in and worship from the front row to the back row with all your heart. When, when you walk in love, might as well give it all your heart. Everybody, every relationship that you have, love them with all your heart. The idea is we would do our best to live our life with all of our heart. When, when, we, are, when we understand this concept that a wholeheartedness is an ingredient that makes life work. You can't do anything half-hearted and do it well. You can't do anything half-hearted and expect it to be great. And what I discovered is that something powerful takes place when we put our whole heart into whatever we're doing. If, if whatever your job is, whatever your relationships are, whatever your walk with Jesus is all about, whatever is going on in your life, it's an ingredient, wholeheartedness. We might think, oh, I need to know more. 
And maybe that's true. It wouldn't hurt to know a little more sometimes. But I just want to say a whole heart will take you further than a head full. You can tweet that one if you still are on Twitter. Don't live a half-hearted life. When, when you really love something, you treat it different. You hold it with value. And I discovered working with lots of people over lots of years is that when somebody puts their whole heart into anything, that it's an ingredient that literally makes your life work better. It, it will surpass greater talent that's half-hearted. It will surpass lots of experience that's now become jaded. It will surpass a lot of knowledge that's just, the Bible says, puffs our head up. And you know I'm not against knowledge at all. But I'm saying you, you'll never enter into any kind of greatness in any arena of your life if you're just looking for the minimum. What's the least I can do and still be married? What's the least I can do and still have a relationship with Jesus? What's the least I can do and still keep this job? A great life requires all in. All in wins. Revelation 3, verse 15 and 16 says, I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. In other words, there's no extreme, Jesus was saying, with you. I wish that you were cold. I wish that you were hot. But because you are lukewarm, tepid, half-hearted, mediocre, not giving it your best, and neither hot or cold, and this is a nice way to put it because the original language gives us a pretty stronger picture, I'll spit you. Literally, I'll vomit you, Jesus says, out of my mouth. I don't want to be Jesus' vomit. You? Hot or cold? Extreme is better than lukewarm, mediocre, average, beige. And I, and I think there, there's this religious idea that would try to tone people down and say... You don't want to get too wholehearted about this. You don't, want to, you don't want to become a fanatic. So it would tend people towards tepid, towards mediocre, towards bland, towards lukewarm. So not too much color. Keep it faded. Not too much life. Not too excited about Jesus, your church. 
Not, 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 not too engaged. Definitely, don't get too loud. We have on occasion had people come to our church and go, that's just not God for it to be that loud. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> because there is nothing in life that you put your whole heart into that doesn't start becoming loud. It just does. Don't, don't get too all in on this thing. What, other, what another person labels fanatical is literally just your passionate love for Jesus held up against their lukewarmness. You just, you got to give your whole heart. And you understand that giving your whole heart is not an effort to earn something, right? It, it's, uh, it's, it's not you just, an, it, it's an effort to become something, to develop, to fully live. And I, I want to ask you, I know it's not January 1, that's the kind of time we would ask this sort of question, but I want to ask you this today, March 18th, 2018. What's your 2018 game plan for a greater life? Uh, it's not going to happen half-hearted. It's going to happen if you put your whole heart into it. Anybody like to shop for a good deal? Come on. Can I get a witness? Anybody like to shop for a good deal? Come on. I just, I just went shopping for a car a few months ago, and I can tell you I worked every angle to try to get that price down. Don't you just love it when you walk in the store and your favorite brand is 75% off? Woo, you know the favor of the Lord is on you. You testify to the goodness of God. Yes, Lord, I receive it. Everybody likes to get a good deal. Everybody likes to buy stuff on sale. But I, but I want us to know that there's some things that you can't buy on sale. There's some things that you can't pay half price for. If you want God's best, if you want life's best, you can't buy that on sale. You, greatness actually costs something. It can't be purchased half off. It, it, requires, it requires something from our heart. Some, some, if you want to grow in your walk with Jesus, it's not going to happen by half-hearted. It's going to take you giving your whole heart to it. You, you, don't, you don't have a great marriage on sale. You can't have a great marriage if, if you're going to be half-hearted about it. you got to put your whole heart into it. Come on. You may, not, you may not be the smartest person. 
You may have some things to learn about being a good wife. Thought I'd pick on the girls first today because I, <laughs> we're always picking on the fellas. But you may have some things to learn about being a good husband. But I promise you this, if you put your whole heart into that girl, something great will happen. Come on, I'm telling you. It, you may not have it all right, but if you put your whole heart in, good things will be happening to you. Come on, you don't get great kids half off. You can't, you, you, you got to invest the best that you have into raising them. You don't have a great walk with God on half off sale. It's the best that you have. It's not more than what you have, but it's you giving the best that you have. It, it takes your whole heart to live a great life. It takes all in. Everybody say all in. All in, all in wins. You know, I have lots of experience, but I realize experience is not always your friend. I have a decent amount of knowledge, but that isn't always the best. I've found that enthusiasm can make up for a lot of knowledge. I've found that enthusiasm can make up for a lot of experience. And eventually, your head needs to catch up a little bit with that enthusiastic heart. But I would always say, give me a person who's wholehearted than a person who thinks they know everything. Come on. And if you don't know this, let me just remind you that the culture of our church is we're just not going to be half-hearted. We're just not. We're going to worship with all of our hearts. We're going to serve with all of our hearts. We're going to pray with all of our hearts. We're going to give. Keep clapping. We're going to give with all of our hearts. We're going to just throw our whole heart into it. We are not the perfect church because you come here. Because I come here. But we can be a pretty wholehearted church for the glory of God. So let's talk about these, these ideas for a minute. Let's talk about water baptism. And I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on any one of these, but water baptism is is an immersion, an all-in experience. Romans chapter 6, verse 4 says, Therefore, we've been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of God, we too might walk in newness of life. Come on, every, all these guys today were they they were not it wasn't just an idea that I need to try harder to be better the truth is it's a recognition I am dying to the old man and I am 
coming alive to the new man. I'm raised up in newness of life. Colossians 2.12 says, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God who raised Jesus from the dead. We were reminded earlier that Jesus didn't talk about water baptism only. He submitted to water baptism. And I would suggest to you that it was a significant mile marker in the life of Jesus. Jesus did not need to repent of sin like we need to. Jesus did not need to let go of the old life and walk into a new life, but he was modeling something for us. And if you'll read your Bible, you'll understand that there was a significant shift after Jesus' water baptism. Before his water baptism, there was just kind of sort of mediocre things happening around his life because he was getting ready to launch into his three and a half years of ministry. But when he comes up out of the water, the Holy Spirit comes down on him and a voice comes out of heaven and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And he immediately went from that into the desert to be tempted by the enemy for 40 days and came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to say that baptism is a mile marker. It's a significant moment. It's a moment where you go, I'm dead to the old. I'm now alive to the new. I'm not just, I'm not just committing myself to start going to meetings in a building on Sunday morning, but I'm saying I am done with the old life. I am dead to that. I don't, I don't go for that anymore, and now I am immersed into my relationship with the Lord. Baptism can just be a ritual. It can just be a thing, but when you attach a spirit of faith to your baptism, a powerful thing happens. We die to our old life. We rise anew to a new life in Christ. Come on, can I remind us that we weren't just sick without Jesus. We weren't just needing help without Jesus. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. And baptism is not just a, it's not just a promise that I'm going to do better. It's not just a promise that I'm going to try harder or be nicer. It, it's a full recognition that the old me is dead, buried, gone, forever. The lying me, dead. The stealing me, dead. The poverty me, dead. The family life that was cursed with addictions and diseases, dead to that. And alive again to the new person that I am in Christ. The aimless, wandering life, dead to that. Now I'm alive in Christ. My life is in his hands. 
and he is guiding every step that I take. The new me arises out of the water. That's what's happening when somebody's getting baptized. With the Bible says, we walk in newness of life. We have faith in the working of God. Now, I'm in Christ. Not the same guy I was before at all. Now I, now I love righteousness. Before, I was bad to the bone. Come on, I took pride in how wasted I got. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, man, last night was so awesome. I got wasted. I could hardly even walk. I was hugging a toilet. What a great life. It was not dead. You used, used to brag about that kind of stuff. Now, love righteousness. Love the house of God. Love the things of God. Love to worship. Love to read my Bible. Love to serve. Come on, now, now, now in Christ, I'm blessed. <laughs> Not because of me, because of him. Now in Christ, I've got the favor of God. It's all over my life. Now in Christ, I'm anointed. Here's my point. You can't go half in and make your relationship with Jesus work. I, I was not a believer but a few months then realized this is going to take a full-in dive into who Jesus was. I, I, I remember one time I was out fishing with my dad. He had a little bitty skiff kind of boat. And, and I, st I remember I'm just like 10 years old and and. The boat is there. We let it out of the little trailer, and I've got one foot in the boat and one foot on the dock, and all of a sudden the boat starts going out. I'm just a little guy, and I'm thinking, I, even then I'm going, I, I got to make a commit <laughs> either to the boat <laughs> or to the dock, or this is not going to end well. And I think there's a lot of people They got one foot in the world, one foot in the old, one foot into trying to please men or women, just one foot in, and one foot in the kingdom. And I'm just saying to you, the only way this thing works, all in wins. Now, the second baptism the New Testament tells us about is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. Don't you? Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. This is John the Baptist talking. He says, as for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who's coming after me is mightier than I. I'm not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Mark 1, verse 8 gives us the same idea. I baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Christian life is a life that's empowered by a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. 
we understand or kind of know this idea that God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's three in one. They're all together. It's like an egg. There's a yolk, there's the white, there's the shell, but it's all an egg. And the Holy Spirit is the active agent, the active part, the active person of the Godhead today. So whatever God does in the earth today, he does it by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the one that that empowers us to live the Christian life. He is the one. The church was born on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out. And And so all church, all Christianity, all of walking with God is a life that is hugely, entirely dependent on a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, I got saved in a, um, a Pentecostal, charismatic kind of environment, which I'm actually grateful for because I was taught about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was led into being prayed for and to speak in tongues, to pray in tongues, to have a prayer language, and to understand that there are gifts of the Holy Spirit that are due today. My journey in walking with the Lord has been uh, one where I have watched people who get so hung up on the manifestations of the Holy Spirit that they are missing a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'm I'm glad I speak in tongues. I speak in tongues every day. I'm like the Apostle Paul. He said in, in the book of 1 Corinthians, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. That means he was a southerner. I love praying with my prayer language. I can't even imagine worshiping or praying without that. And I know somebody might ask the question, well, do you have to speak in tongues to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? I would say no. You get to speak in tongues. And that, having that prayer language is a powerful thing. But I want to say, don't get hung up on the gift of a prayer language. Don't get hung up on manifestations, but to be baptized in the Holy Spirit isn't just an experience that you had 20 years ago or 20 minutes ago. To be baptized in the Holy Spirit is you are immersed in the person, you are leaning in to the person of the Holy Spirit. I'd rather have somebody who doesn't speak in tongues but has a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Than somebody who who prays in tongues but they're mean in English. You know what I'm talking about. Baptized in the Holy Spirit which you find is a recurring thing in the book of Acts. Then there's the baptism of fire. That's not a fun one, but it's a needed one. Matthew 3.11, we read this earlier, but I'm going to add the next verse to it. As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who's coming after me is mightier than I. I'm not fit to remove his sandals. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. 
His winnowing fork is in his hand. He will thoroughly clear his threshing floor. He will gather his wheat into the barn, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Anybody honest enough to recognize that there's some chaff in your world? There's some stuff that's not necessarily all good. And we want to get rid of it, but sometimes it takes the baptism fire. Proverbs 17 verse 3 says, The refining pot is for silver, and the furnace is for gold. In other words, they would heat up the pot with the silver or the gold, and the impurities would rise to the surface. It was the heat that made it happen. The heat will make impurity. When, when you get stressed, when you get doubtful, when you get anxious, when you get mad, all that is is the heat making that stuff rise to the top, right? But the Lord tests hearts. First Peter 1, 7, uh, I'll give you more verses than you probably need on this one, but so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though your faith is tested by fire, may be found the result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then the last verse, as it goes to this, is uh, 1 Peter 4. Beloved, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing <laughs> were happening. How many of you know every time you go through a trial of fire, it's easy to think I'm the only one. You're not that special. <laughs> Love you, but you're not that special. Somebody else has gone, gone through everything you've gone through and more and come out shining for the glory of God. <laughs> and I think... The, the idea behind understanding the baptism of fire is to realize the value of fire. To realize that there are points, there are seasons that fire is meant to burn off chaff. It means to burn off impurities. Everybody goes through fire. Nobody's good enough. Nobody's got it together enough. To go, to go a whole life without going through a baptism of fire. It's a burn. But with, when your life is in the hands of God, it's a controlled burn. It's not, it's not out of control. God is using it. My encouragement to you today, baptized in fire, is when you're going through stuff, don't run from God when you're going through your baptism of fire run to God run toward God run toward church run toward your Bible immerse yourself James 1 says this consider it all joy that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a choice isn't it my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith 
produces endurance. Let endurance have its perfect work, perfect results, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And then the last baptism that I want to talk about, the last immersion that I want to talk about, is baptism in the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, by one spirit, we're all baptized, immersed into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we're all made to drink of one spirit. When a person gives their life to Christ, they are baptized into a worldwide family called the church. And while there may be different styles of church, we're all in this together. But I really believe that it's got to take a step beyond I'm part of the church worldwide, and we got to learn how to get baptized into a local church. That we are allowing ourselves to be immersed into a local body of believers. We live in a day where people can listen to a hundred podcasts of preachers and watch online experience which allows them just to eat at different tables all the time and missing the value of being baptized into a church family. We got to understand, church is not a meeting you watch on a video screen. Church, it's okay if you're on vacation or you're sick or you can't make it out. That's one thing. Church is not just a meeting you attend. It's a life you share. You, you get immersed in the life of your church. So that when your church is having a prayer season, you're all in. When your church is receiving an endeavor offering, you're all in. When, when your church is worshiping, mega worship night, you're all in. Can you hear what I'm saying? When your church is saying, let's reach people for Christ, Easter is our Black Friday. <laughs> it's, our, it's our day. You got to invite somebody. I'm all in. When I gave my life to Jesus over 40 years ago, I remember having a profound experience. And a few months after that, our church was having meetings with a guy speaking. His name was Brian Rudd. I still remember him to this day. Had a big, huge, blonde afro. And uh, he, was, he had a touch on him. He, he was he's quite a guy, really, quite flamboyant. But I remember one service where we were all standing up front. It was kind of an altar time at the end of the service. And he just, he said something that the Holy Spirit used to, to speak to my heart. 
And he said, maybe you've just made Jesus your Savior, but you've never really gone all in. You've never made him the Lord of your life. And I remember that moment as real as I remember any moment of my life. That very moment where I said, God, I've just got, I've been having one foot in, one foot out. I've been kind of just playing with this thing, half-hearted about this thing. And I know I've got to go all in. Today, I'm going to give an opportunity for you to go all in. All in to Jesus. All in to your church. All in to your relationship with the Holy Spirit. All in to God. I want you to bow your heads, please, and I want you to close your eyes. Father, we come before you today. We know that there are so many things in our life that are not perfect, but we do know this. We can choose to go all in. And I'm praying that today, Jesus, every person in this room, maybe they haven't been all in in their marriage. Maybe they haven't been all in on their church family. Maybe they haven't been all in on their relationship with you. I'm praying that you will help every one of us to take that step. Maybe we are here today and used to be all in, but not all in today. Here's what I want to ask you to do today. If you're here and you say, I know there's an all in that I've got to go for. There's an all in. Maybe it's your relationship with the Lord. Maybe it's your commit to your church. Maybe it's your commit to your marriage. But you know there's something you've got to go all in on. And maybe you just need to make a refresh about your all in to Jesus. If, if that's you, I want you to stand to your feet right now. I want to go, come on, all in. You be brave. You stand up. Don't worry about anybody else. I'm ready to go all in. I'm going to push refresh on all in. Lord, as we come before you today, we open our hearts to say, here we are. I want everybody to pray a prayer with me. Let's pray this together. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm going all in because all in wins. I'm going all in with you. I'm going all in on life. I'm going all in on my world. And I believe you're going to do great things in my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen. Thank you.